All right. Hey, wow. I can't believe it's already February. Um, Welcome back. Welcome back to Wednesday Night Walker. Hope you guys are doing amazing. Uh, WNW family. That sounds stupid. Um, we'll work on it. You guys are the, uh, you guys are the walkers. No, I mean, Walking Dead already kind of did that with the zombies. Uh, you guys are the reapers. No, I call myself the reaper. I, I can't, I can't have you guys all be reapers too. Can't have a, w a world full of reapers now. Uh, <laughs> God, that's, uh, doesn't sound good. Hey. Welcome to Wednesday Night Walker. I hope you guys are doing fantastic. Hope you guys are doing amazing after the first month of 2023. Um, not to make it all about myself, but, uh, you know, January's been tough. You know, had a lot of doctor visits, um, a lot of health scares, a lot of shit going on. Um, I was in the cancer uh, center, the cancer center in early January of 2023, so... That was fun. Um, I'm still in a lot of pain. I don't want to get into specifics. I'm not going to bore you guys or anything, but um, you guys know me already. I mean, I have just bad luck after bad luck and, uh, you know, just, I don't, I don't know, just it hasn't been my year and I've been in a lot of pain and certain pain feels like a certain other thing that, you know, men have to get checked for cancer and uh yeah that's about it that's that's all i can say everything looks good everything's clear but just something's going on man something's going on it could be nothing could be hell i could i could just feel a bruise what if i have like a bruised um area or something and maybe listen i don't know all right we all go through things we all go through something and i'm sure you guys are going through something too uh i'm sure everybody's going through at least one major thing that's going on right now or just, you know, even a minor inconvenience that could be bothering you. Um, either way, I hope you guys are doing fantastic. I really do say that, and I do mean it when I say it. So, anyway, Royal Rumble, man. I wanted to get into not every match. We don't have to talk about every fucking match. I kind of just wanted to talk about the key parts and what I'm looking forward to afterward. So, the aftermath, heading into Elimination Chamber, which will be in Montreal, Canada, that's going to be exciting. Um, and then WrestleMania in, uh, in April something, early April, end of March, probably, probably early April. Um, we'll be going into that and kind of just taking a deeper dive. I was very quiet on the podcast this weekend. Listen, like I said, I've been going through a lot. And uh, with, after the Rumble, man, we didn't start the podcast until maybe midnight one in the morning and that's not too late but also I was up at about you know six seven to get ready and go to work and I was at work all day and as you guys know I drive a truck and do a certain job um and it was uh in the Chicago area heading into Wisconsin all that area man we were just piled with snow man it was it was tough. It was a tough day. It was a long day. And then I had the rumble and the rumble was great. I just, I really couldn't wrap my mind around anything. I kind of just was like, yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's bad. You know? And then just, dude, I was dozing off. I almost fell asleep in the podcast. Um, but I, I held it together and I figured I owe it to you guys to kind of make it up. So Wednesday, today, I'm going to make it up to you guys. We are going to go into more of a deeper dive into the Rumble. And like I said, it's not going to be, you know, some sort of crazy match to match. This person hit this person and then did this move. And I feel this way about this move. It's not going to be like that. All right. This is not going to be a boring podcast. This is actually going to be really fun because I'm going to try and dissect a little bit of what I think they're doing, especially with the bloodline, man. And I'm sure the bloodline's probably going to be the title of this video. So, um, I just, I, I really do feel like if the rock is not coming back, then there's going to be a major shift, right? And there was no major news about the rock coming back specifically. It was all just a lot of built up rumors, but then we heard people come out and being like, yeah, we've known, you know, The Rock isn't coming back for a while. So I don't know, maybe they're banking on Cody. Uh, but then you have to think about, 
will the titles be um, separated? Will they still be undisputed? If Cody goes to Mania and if he wins, and if I mean if he loses, that sounds a little lame. I feel like I feel like he's going to have to win. So it's more of the question of which title or will it be both titles? Uh, will Cody win? So it's kind of like that. We'll, we'll we'll go into all that. I know my producer T over there, he's throwing me the signal. So we're going to hit the ad break real quick, and I'll see you back in a minute. Okay, first, of course, I want to get into Gunther, man. This dude, first ballot Hall of Famer in the next, I mean, 20 years, right? He he already looks like you plucked him from the 1970s, maybe the 80s, right? You plucked him and you brought him and dropped him right into 2023. And now he's facing guys who would be dream opponents for Gunther if he was still, if he was that active wrestler back in the 70s, back in the 80s. Um, you know, I feel like, I feel like we're kind of seeing this weird, I don't know, it's, it's weird, man. He's literally, he looks like he's from history in a, in the best compliment possible. And, uh, and, and, and I'm, I mean like actually from it, I don't know why, you know, if you think of FTR, right? FTR, they wrestle kind of in that old school mentality. They, they're more rough and tough. They're not, you know, about doing front flips and making things look pretty. They just want to beat you up and win. It's kind of like that. But FTR doesn't look like they're from that time period, to me at least. But Gunther, man, he looks like he's from that time period. He literally, like, I, like I've been saying, looks like you took him and just brought him right into 2023. And I find it really fun and fascinating because... We've always thought, you know, what if somebody from that time period fought today? You know, how would that look? It would be maybe boring, or maybe it would be exciting and see, like, the differences in the styles of work. Um, and, you know, that's why Hulk Hogan taking on The Rock was such a big deal. Even though the, I mean, the the early 90s, the late 80s to, to the early 2000s felt like forever. But the early 2000s to today to me, doesn't feel like that long ago, you know? So, I mean, it's even more of a time period jump than it would be for the late 80s, early 90s. I mean, that's 10 years. We're talking 20, almost 25 years from the early 2000s. So, I mean, it's just, I don't know, it's wild. And it's it's that once-in-a-lifetime type of thing to where um, we see somebody from the past <clears throat> take on somebody from, you know, the future. But, or, or the present, at least, but it's just, like, they're usually old, you know, they can't move that well, and I'm being as honest as I can be, and I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but they are much older, and they can't do the things that they used to do, and they're kind of, like, just like a, a version of their older self, you know, but they're not the older version of themselves, because if they were, I'm sure the match would be even better, you know, and that's kind of what we all think, we're like, oh, man, I'm really happy to see Shawn Michaels uh, ending Ric Flair's career back in 2008 at Mania 24. But, you know, the match isn't going to be this, you know, five-star classic when it comes to the moves. And, of course, with the psychology and the, and the meaning behind it, the emotion, it's a five-star classic. But move-wise, you know, and the way that they look and the way that they can just do things, it's not going to be ever the same because you can't have you know, 25-year-old Shawn Michaels take on 25-year-old Dolph Ziggler. That's not going to happen. Would that be amazing? Fuck yes, it would. But that's the thing with Gunther, man. And I went way, I went way too long with this explanation. But this is a deeper dive, right? <laughs> so, but you know, with Gunther, man, like, this dude moves around perfect because he is from this time period. And it, it's fucking crazy to me that he is, and so I feel like we take it for granted that we got this dude who's in his prime, yeah, he's not a, he's not a 20-something, something-year-old guy, I mean, he's, I think he's older, I don't think he's as old as people think, but I think he's older, if I'm not mistaken, I'm sure I can look up his age, 
All right, I'll look it up. Okay, I'm back. All right, so 35. He's 35 years old. Um, I mean, like I said, no spring chicken, but I mean, 35, man, that does not sound bad for wrestling. Usually when you're in your mid-30s, you're in your prime. And then early 40s, you retire. Or late 30s, you retire. Or if you're Finn Balor, man, you're <laughs> somehow still killing it. And I think he's like 40, 42. I'm, I'm not going to look that up too. I Too much work. But listen, Gunther's great. All right, and I'm trying not to say his other old ring name. I'm really trying to just hone in on his new one as best as I can. Um, you know, not to, not, I don't know. I don't know. His, his new ring, I'm not going to get into that either. But I'm just saying, so he he did break a record. One hour, 11 minutes, and 40 seconds, right? He broke Rey Mysterio's. He used to have it back since like 2006. It was like an hour and two minutes. Uh, what does it say here? 15 seconds. So he beat it, you know, by about like eight minutes, right? And uh, I think it's. I think that's the best thing that they could do with Gunther right now. I got a text from one of my, you know, best buddies. He was on the podcast actually, uh, Stephen, right? One of my best buddies, my brother, basically. Um, he texted me, he said, Hey man, I saw the rumble. Um, it was good. Just, just not happy that Gunther lost. And I was like, nah, dude, I was, I mean, he, he understands the business, but he's not, you know, he's not ingrained into it like I am. Uh, <laughs> so, so I said, listen, we all knew Cody was going to win, but I don't be upset with, with Gunther not winning. You know, it's not a bad thing. The fact that they knew Cody was going to win. Gunther could not win because Cody was going to win. So the best thing to do to make him just look strong, to make him look powerful, is to make him go an hour and 11 minutes. He was like the first or second entrant in the Rumble. And make him go the entire match, right? Showcase him with as many people as he can and make him look like a monster heel, right? And, and then not even when Cody came out, Cody just won. They had like a 15-minute, it, it felt like a 15-minute match afterward. That is insane, you know? And I just, I, I really commend both of them for putting on a hell of a performance at the end of the Rumble. And I just, <clears throat> I think people get really hung up on the details. I think people really get hung up on the details. And and I'm not trying to bash my, you know, my my buddy here. But a lot of people would do that. You know, and he wasn't saying it in a, in a negative way, but he brought up that point that like people really don't like when their favorites lose. Um, I think they don't really. A lot of people don't see the bigger picture. They they go, oh, Gunther lost, he's buried, right? Or um, what what is her name? Uh, who just came back? Chelsea Green. She 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 got out of the rumble in five seconds. Her career is over before it even started. Well, her returned career, at least, right? I disagree. I disagree 100%. I think the thing is, is because we heard reports coming out after the match, that apparently what she's going to do is play like a, like a Karen. And if you guys, I'm sure you guys know what a Karen is, but to my audience who doesn't, you know, say you're going to a drive-thru, Right? And there's a lady in front of you. She's a she's like a, a a woman in her late 30s, early 40s. Could be any age, but usually that's the case. Um, they're typically a white girl, right? And a ton of attitude. And you can hear them have this this uh, uh just the, you 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 hear yelling, right? So you look out the window. And you kind of look ahead, you're like, what's going on up there? Right, and this lady, she's probably driving a really nice um, SUV. It's probably white, you know what I'm saying? The Karens love to drive white SUVs, um, really make it shine, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, you know, you're looking, and you hear the yelling, and the, and the Karen's going, I can't believe that you are so dumb that you forgot my sugar in the coffee. And the girl's like, I put the sugar in your coffee. She's like, how many? She's like, I put two. And she's like, hmm, let me talk to your boss. And the girl's like, why? And she's like, I asked for three sugars, not two. 
and she starts just complaining. I'm not leaving until I talk to your boss. I'm not, I, I need a refund. I, and then she, you know, she throws the drink in the woman's face. She throws a drink at the poor old cashier's face who's probably 16 years old and just trying to make a penny for, you know, saving for college, saving for her car, saving for, um, to move out of her family that she might hate, you know, she might have a bad home life. And then these people treat these, these young kids like shit, you know, they don't care. They're selfish. And, um, anyway, that's what a Karen is, right? So to have, you know, Chelsea Green go into this, you know, Karen type of thing, it could work. It could, it could flounder, but that's not the point. The point is, is that they have direction, right? It's a story. So, you know, insert villain name here. You may love this villain, but if you didn't see the full story and you were watching it as it was happening, you were going to sit there and you're going to look at this uh, insert villain name here and go, wow, I can't believe he's down on his luck. I can't believe he's losing all the time, losing his money, losing his job, losing his friends, his family. I can't believe it. He's losing everything. Well, that's what's going to create him into one of the best villains in all of Marvel comics, right? You have to look at the bigger picture. You can't you can't sit there and be like they're buried. They're buried. Right away they're buried. That's it. It's over. They're over. You know, and I I don't want to get into all the um backstage talk for amongst the marks in the wrestling world. I've already made that podcast and it blew up and uh <laughs> you guys you guys listened to it. I think that one got us onto the US charts. I'm not really too sure. I can't remember, but um I'm sure a lot of people think I hate everyone. I don't hate everyone, okay? I'm just I just like to share my opinion. If you don't care about my opinion, that's fine. I just I'm just spewing it out, right? Anyway, um the Chelsea Green thing is fine. Um and then, you know, I don't know. It's just like I think I think back to the men's rumble. I think the only thing that I can say is you know, Edge returned, that's great. Um, Brock Lesnar and Lashley, they continue their feud. You know, that's fine. I'm really happy that Les Lesnar did not stay in the Rumble for too long because he overpowers the match. It's good to have a guy who's overpowered. It's because you need that overpowered guy. You need the weak guy. You need the, the middle guy. You need, you need all these, you need everybody on the, on the, on the, on the spectrum type of thing, right? You need, you need everybody on there. You need, you need, uh, short, tall, big, small, you need, a, you, you need, um, variety, right? So it's, it's okay. Brock Lesnar is super powerful. People hate him for it. People hate that he's booked way too powerfully. And so am I, I hate it to an extent because sometimes like he won the rumble last year, he won that shit. I think it was last year when he could just because he's himself, he could go up to Adam Pierce, right? In a storyline, he could go up to him and be like, I demand a match. And Adam's like, hey, that's not how this works. And he's like, for me, it does. Boom, done. And I think this was at the last year Rumble. This was when Roman had one title. It was the Universal. So the winner of the Men's Rumble would go on to face the WWE. Or, if you think it's unfair, in a storyline way, that the guy faced, um, I mean, the guy who won the Rumble could only choose one title, the, the, the WWE, because Lesnar chose the Universal, then have his choice be either or, and then have Lesnar come back after the Rumble to go against Reigns. Be like, he doesn't have a match, put me in. There you go. Or have the guy who won the Rumble, he can go into the in, in the in the Lesnar Reigns match, make it a triple threat. We've seen, I think we've seen that happen before. That's exciting. Or just you know pick the WWE one, pick the one that's not um, aligned with Reigns. So that was my opinion for last year. And of course, you know it seems reasonable, but you know Lesnar went in, he killed it, and won. And it was boring because we kind of knew what was going to happen. And it's not like the Cody thing. It's not, 
you know, the exciting version. It's the boring version of this dude is too overpowered and he doesn't need to win the match. He can he can do it a different way. Cody, on the other hand, yeah, he's a big star. And, you know, he has that story with his dad and the fact that he came back and, you know, he went to AEW and all these things. But that isn't going to give him a world title shot because he's not Brock Lesnar. And that's part of his gimmick is that he's not the number one guy, but he wants to be. He wants to have the redemption. He wants to come back. He wants to fight for his dad. That's the part. That's the uh, the whole. Sorry. That's the whole point of what he's doing. So if he came back and did what Lesnar would do, which would be in my scenario, come back and demand a match, that's not going to work. Cody needs to win the Rumble, right? Because he's also a face. He's not going to demand a match. And like I said, he's not that powerful, yada, 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 right? But Lesnar is. So Lesnar didn't have to win. But I don't want to get on too much. That was last year. That was a whole year ago. It's, you know, said and done. We've we've already seen it play out, whatever. I'm just glad he wasn't in this match too much this year because it, it you know, it gave other people chances to shine. Santos Escobar was great. Um, like I said, Edge returned. That was fine. He was only in there for a minute. It was just to get the Judgment Day going and uh, have that feud, you know, reignited so that they can end it. Um, Seth Rollins and Logan Paul. Apparently, right, looks like they're going to start a feud. Am I wrong? I could be. Because Logan Paul wanted to face John Cena at Mania. Logan Paul wanted to face Roman Reigns at Crown Jewel. He kind of gets what he wants, right? In a way of maybe he's he knows what's going to happen, right? So on his podcast, he kind of gives people a little bit of a hint, right? Gets people talking, gets people going, right? Gets people excited. I get it. But it looks like he might face Seth Rollins. Because I don't know if he's going to face him at Elimination Chamber. Rollins is, you know, he loves long-term booking, from what I can tell. I mean, yeah, he trained me, but he we didn't talk about long-term booking. I know he likes to tell stories, but he didn't tell me, oh, I, you know, in WWE, I make sure that I'm only long-term booked. He didn't tell me that. So I'm only assuming this dude must love long-term booking, because everything that he's in, I mean, he's only been in a few feuds since the pandemic era where, uh, you know, we were in the Thunderdome when he was taking Rey Mysterio's eye out. Like, his character progression is probably the greatest thing I've seen in WWE as of late. Um, Besides, you know, the bloodline and Roman Reigns and all that, we'll get into that later. But Rollins is one of those guys to where it's like, I'm I'm proud that I was trained by that guy, all right? Because... Yeah, I mean, I, I knew what I was kind of doing before I went to train with him. And I was, you know, but I was young. I was 18. I needed direction. I needed to really hone my craft. And he helped a lot. And, um, you know, I still remember, like, a lot of buddies are my, uh, buddies of mine or guys on the indies would be like, man, you guys kind of wrestle alike. And I was blown away. I was like, thank you. You know, <laughs> I appreciate that. Because um, we had kind of the same, <clears throat> you know, the height, weight, you know, build type thing. He was a little bit, you know, bigger, but he's also, you got, he's got, you know, 15 years on me, you know, of working out. So, uh, but yeah, anyway, so Rollins is great. And I think, you know, because of the long-term booking, I don't know if they're going to just have a one-off at Chamber so that Paul can face Cena. I don't see that happening. I don't see why he has to face Cena, especially not now. It could be next year. It could be the year after if Cena's still going. Um, or for however long Logan Paul's in the WWE. I mean, you guys know I'm a big Logan Paul mark when it comes to wrestling, okay? And I'm not, you know, and not a, not a mark in a bad way, but just like, this guy's really fucking good, <clears throat> you know? And it's it's more than just, you know, I I knew of him on Vine, right? And I was a, I thought he was funny, right? Um, and that we're a little bit alike. We have a lot of the same opinions and the same humor and, I do like the guy. I mean, yeah, he, he does a couple things that I would question a little bit, but so does a lot of people. So it's kind of hard to, I'm not, I'm not a part of the cancel culture. I mean, if they really need to be, they have to be. I'm not getting into that conversation. But anyway, Logan Paul is doing great in WWE. Let's just leave it there. Um, Logan Paul's doing fantastic. He is a hell of a fucking talent. I think he really found what he's good at. And uh, I could tell. You know, I would comment on his YouTube stuff back in like 2015 when he was blowing up a little bit. And I'd be like, listen, you're a wrestler. You have a good physique. 
you're athletic as fuck, you should try wrestling out, like pro wrestling. Um, and of course, you know, a guy like him, he doesn't see that, you know, cause you know, he gets thousands of thousands, hundreds of thousands of comments, uh, a week. So no, yeah, but I've just, I've, I've been thinking about it for forever. You know, I really do. I did think he would be great at it. And, and, and he is, you know, he's doing great. He's doing fantastic. You know, he, he needs to get his promo work down. And, um, that's t- to say for most people who are new, like he is. Um, the fact that he's putting on these really great spots, he's not fucking it up. He doesn't look like he's confused at all. And even if he is confused, the fact that he doesn't look confused is the way to go. Because a lot of times, even the professionals, man, even the people who've been doing it for 10 years, and trust me, I know I've been, I've been, <laughs> I trained back in uh, 2016, 17, 2017. I know I still get confused when it comes to trying to memorize spots. For some reason, my memory just isn't the best. So when I try to memorize it, it just, uh, it's not the best. And that's why I like to call shit in the ring as well as playing off to the live crowd anyway, whatever. But those two would have a great match. I think those two would have a great story because I can already see Seth is going to pull out a lot of strings. That's what he's good at. Seth is psychology with him is a thousand percent. And I think he's going to bring the best out of Logan Paul and make both of them a bigger star and I think them two at Wrestlemania I would actually really be excited to see I don't want to see it at the chamber I'm really hoping they push it to the mania because I don't really need to see Logan Paul and John Cena John Cena is not that best um not the best when it comes to in-ring work he's good he's solid he's super safe and he knows what he's doing but John Cena is not a technical wrestler he's not a high flyer he's not really John Cena, he's not really, it's it's funny, you know, guys who are really big in the business, Hulk Hogan, John Cena, they're not really amazing in the ring, they're kind of cartoony, they're kind of animated, they're, they're more characters than they are, you know, wrestlers, but like we know, this is entertainment, man, so of course that happens, um, Logan Paul, man, and, and uh, Seth Rollins, they're, I think, I mean, I meant to just say Seth Rollins. Him, he is more um, of a wrestler and an entertainer. He's not just an entertainer like Cena is, right? And I mean that respectfully. So I'm thinking, I don't want to see Cena Paul. I'm cool seeing Rollins and Paul. That that does it for me. And you can be on the other side. You know, it's a double-edged sword type thing because they're not going to main event WrestleMania. And we really want to see... Seth Rollins main event WrestleMania. I actually would like to see Seth Rollins take on Roman Reigns in the main event of WrestleMania one day. Um, whether that's, I don't think it's going to be this year. Um, you know, a la Cody Rhodes, it might be next year. It might be the year after maybe, you know, we'll, we'll see. But I think one day, if I had a fantasy book, I would say that would be it. Um, so anyway, it was nice to see Cody Rhodes come back. You know, we saw the little scar on his chest. And the fact that this dude didn't just come out here at number, at number 30 and win. The fact he had a huge match, basically, with Gunther. And he got chopped to shit on his chest. His his surgically repaired chest. His, his brand new uh, peck, right? <laughs> and he's just getting chopped. And you, you know that he's going to be okay, most likely. And you know that... He's probably telling Gunther, hit me again. Go ahead, chop me, chop me. You know he's saying it, right? Because I'm sure Gunther's in his head. He's like, yeah, my chops suck, man. Are you sure about this? And and Cody, knowing him, he's probably like, do it again, you know? And my God, I mean, just just to think, like, he's going to get chopped to shit. What if it just takes his peck right off, man, like, and, you know, that's what they want you to feel, They that's what they want you to, you know, do, man, so, it worked, and it, it freaked me the fuck out, and I was, I was, I was clenching my teeth the whole time, and I was just like, come on, Cody, just throw him out and win, you don't have to do it this long, and he just went longer and longer, and kept going and going, and I'm like, bro, chill, and, uh, it was just fun, it was a fun match, um, so the women's rumble, let's just go into that real quick, 
we got to see NXT talent. Things that I say all year, every year. I say I want to see NXT talent at Survivor Series. I want to see NXT talent at the Rumble. I think it's fun. I also want to see at least one NXT match at Mania, right? I really want to see that. And I know NXT, since the NXT uh, rebrand with 2.0, and now they're back to kind of like a white and gold, not black and gold. I get it's not as popular. They don't need to have any NXT matches now. Um, because, I mean, the black and gold was blowing up. And that's, of course, when they added it in. So I get it. But also, ECW wasn't that big. And I'm talking <laughs> I'm talking Vince's ECW. You know, when he had uh, all the shit with, um, you know, like Lashley as champion, John Morrison as champion. They did fantastic. I'm not hating on them whatsoever. But that ECW was not that big, right? It was just a lot of new guys. It was basically like their NXT, and then it went away, and then about like a year or two later, NXT popped up, or at least the game show version. And, uh, you know, ECW was, was basically just a developmental area, kind of, sort of, if you think about it that way. So they were a part of things. You know, we would have even the games, SmackDown versus Raw, 2000, I don't know, eight featuring ECW or you know they would have pay-per-views featuring ECW and if they did that with NXT because not everybody watches NXT so you kind of let's just say it in this way if you force feed these people this match from NXT even if they don't care about it if they just see a couple spots where they're like oh um oh shit this isn't bad then there you go you know there you go. Now now you have maybe 200 more people from that arena, which isn't a lot, but it adds up watching NXT now, right? Um, becoming a fan, you know, Roxanne Perez, the current NXT Women's Champion, uh, Zoe, <clears throat> god damn, let me take a little sip of my coffee, I almost lost my fucking voice, hold on. god damn zoe stark uh indy hartwell man these these girls did amazing in the match uh roxanne perez man she 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 killed it i think she's gonna be somebody important please watch for her uh zoe stark too she's really fucking good um indy hartwell she's good too she's just i don't think she's going to be as featured and respectfully so as Perez or Stark, um, I do like Indy Hartwell a lot. I think she is really good. Um, I like I've said before, she just needs to be on the main roster and work with the main roster talent because she's working with developmental talent and she's been there longer than they have. She's not going to develop that much more. She has to go into a new area to really gain new things, right? So that's my thing. Um, we also saw the return. I mean, of Chelsea Green that I mentioned earlier. And uh, Piper Niven, she's back. Uh, not Dewdrop anymore. I, I saw this video on the internet. I'm sure you guys did too. She had complications with COVID. Uh, man, that sucks. And she had a lot of health issues going on. Um, I believe she was worried about her heart and stuff like that. And that's, you know, that's no, no good. Um, am I allowed to say the C word on here? Not not <laughs> not that c word. Uh, the pandemic c word. Am I allowed to even say that on here? Whatever. If, if you know this gets demonetized or I did that, that doesn't matter. Um, we can lose an episode. It's fine. I'm not we're not gonna lose the episode, but the monetization. I I don't think it's gonna be a problem. Just we'll ignore it. Uh, pretend it never happened. Um, Nia Jax came back. That's something. Um. I don't hate Nia Jax. I think she she seems like a wonderful girl. She seems like she's really nice, super sweet. Um, and when, I don't know, she just has that type of face to where you see her and she seems welcoming. She seems fun, right? Um, she seems like a good person. And her heritage is great. Obviously, she's in the, you know, re relations to The Rock and everybody else. And... You know, that's fantastic, too. And maybe, you know, maybe she'll be in the bloodline, right? You know, everybody says that. I don't know. I don't know what her direction is. I'm worried about that she hurt talent in the past, and allegedly so, 
but also she also came out and said that it wasn't all her fault. And Talon has also backed her up, saying it wasn't all her fault. She just had a lot of bad luck, and you know some girls wouldn't take the major spots because they're not used to those major spots, and they wouldn't take them correctly, and uh, they would fuck it up. I don't know. I'm not gonna come out. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not one of those guys who just fucking slams everybody and discredits people. I give people a lot of chances of a very, very large amount of chances and I really want Nia Jax to be something good because we need her we need somebody like her that we need somebody who's who's um who's strong who's big who's who's powerful we need we need that because not everybody can be this um gymnast looking you know uh 75 pounds soaking wet person you know like I said earlier we need variety And this is the entertainment business. She's variety. She is different. She is someone different. So I think, you know, even, you know, even if all the controversy behind her, I think if she kicked it into high gear and she really made herself an important person and was safe and was good, then I'm happy with it. Um, Now, you know, you can think of our old episode for Marky Now, you know, Cordell, man, he was... He was hammering away at Eva Maria. He was like, yeah, man, you know, her in-ring work was shit. She was shit, but I really liked her. And I I, I just, I, I could see that she could be good. And, you know, she's working with Brian Kendrick and she came back and I think she's going to be good. And then she named, you know, Piper Niven Dewdrop and had her wrestle all of her matches because she sucked, you know, and I gave Eva Marie many chances. She was good on Total Divas because she's a fucking reality star. She's not... A professional wrestler. Yes, she trained. Yes, she is technically a professional wrestler, but she's not really a professional wrestler, okay? <clears throat> I had to take a moment for myself here. Um, <laughs> just recollect. I don't want to get too mad. Look, if, you, if you've been wrestling for that long, and if you just have not been good at it, then, you know, it's not for everybody. You know, I love basketball. I watch, I think I watch the Bulls. I watch NBA way more than I watch WWE. And I don't say that often because I'm a WWE guy. I'm a, I'm an AEW guy. I'm a wrestler, man. Like, and I try to keep up the image. Like, oh, wrestling is everything. What am I going to do? Watch some dudes play with balls? That's, that's stupid. I don't fucking care, right? No, I love basketball, man. I've loved basketball since I was a little kid. I played it on uh you know on uh like park district teams you know this small stuff i really love it and you know i played soccer as a kid too on teams and i did a lot of sports i love sports but i love basketball right i watch the bulls way more than the wwe i mean i know they have a lot of games every week and uh even though they're not doing great what are they like fucking like 24 and 28 23 and 26 something like that they're like at a 40-something percentage win. I, I get it. They're not doing the best. But I love the team, though. I love the team. Um, I think they, they work good together. I just I don't know if it's the coach. I don't know what it is. Why the fuck am I talking about this right now? Never mind. That's not the point. The point is, is um, uh, what were we talking about? Fucking Eva Marie coming back? Yeah, she's not going to be good at everything. Like, I love basketball. Um, I'm not in the NBA because I'm not to that level. Eva Murray's not the level to where AEW or WWE should pick her up, or New Japan. Any major <laughs> place shouldn't pick her up for in-ring work. Now, if she wants to be an on-screen talent, go ahead. Listen, and I'm being respectful as I can, it's not for everybody. Wrestling is not easy. Hell, honing my craft and trying to shoot threes while on the basketball team as a kid, that was easier. Wrestling is difficult, man, and yeah... It, I'm sort of a creative genius, and, you know, wrestling is just in my blood. I'm one of the greatest of all time, but it took me a while to do that, you know? <laughs> Even, I'm such an asshole. All right, anyway, um, Michelle McCool, she came out at number 25. That was cool to see, because uh, she was in the crowd, and, you know, Cordell's watching with us, and he's like, you know, he's telling us all the backstage stuff. Oh, shit, you know, she wasn't invited. She was kind of upset. You know, they kind of, you know, you know pushed her away. You know, we're not, we're not even seeing Undertaker. Where's Undertaker? He's not even sitting with her. Oh, man, what's going on with them? And then she gets uh, called for number 25, and he shut up. He was like, oh, shit. <laughs> I guess she's a part of it. 
And uh, it was just fun to see because, you know, that's the kind of reaction that people wanted to get was out of Cordell, you know. So that was that was fantastic. Um, and of course, Rhea Ripley winning the match. You know, she's she's like 26 years old, man. And the fact that she is this good, this young, she could have a long and amazing career ahead of her. Right. And uh, I don't know why the women really don't stay in the WWE or wrestling in general, as long as the men do, the men will wrestle until they're in their sixties. They just can't give it up. Women, when they're in their upper thirties, they kind of go like, yeah, that's it. I'm gonna hang up the boots. I respect it. The fact that they can walk away much easier for some reason, good for them. They save their bodies, but like they kind of got to get their career young. You know, they got to start young. They got to start fresh because their longevity I'm not saying gender versus gender. I'm just saying, dude, percentage-wise, their careers are much, much shorter. So they have to go in there and kill it. So Rhea could have a long career, or she could have a short career. Either way, man, she's having a good career. And she's really fucking good. And I think the win for her is amazing. I did say in the predictions I wanted Asuka to win. And I still stand by it. I think Asuka winning... Um, Because I knew, I knew she was coming back with her heel gimmick. I, you know, of course I wasn't told that, but I, you know, I'm a big fan of the business, you know, and I'm a wrestler myself. I know how these things work. I know how it is. Um, When, if you're not going to debut, re-debut her, um, herself as this heel character that she used to play at the Rumble, then when are you going to do it? You know, this is a perfect time. Um, what are you going to wait for the Raw after Mania? She's going to be off for four fucking months or five months? No, that's, that's, uh, that's aggressive, you know, and we love Asuka. We, we think she's great, but she hasn't changed since she, since she got into the company. So this version of herself is going to really be great. Um, and I'm excited to see it. So hell, her coming out at number 17, her doing great. Um, she did what she did. You know, that's fine for me. Um, I was kind of hoping she would win, uh, cause I wasn't sure if Rhea was going to be, you know, a main solo star since she is in the judgment day. I wasn't sure, but hell, I mean, go her man, kill it, do it and do your thing. Okay. Getting into the last part of this podcast here, wrapping up, um, of course, we're going to talk about The Rock. Of course, we're going to talk about the bloodline. But before we get to that, this will be just a couple minutes because I just want to blow over this. I'm going to pretend like it didn't really happen. Um, L.A. Knight and Bray Wyatt, right? Let's call it the glow-in-the-dark match. Let's call it the black light match. Um, I'm... I'm Definitely not going to call it the name that it is. You know why? Because I'm not getting paid from the fucking soda company. Um, this, this whole thing. Why the hell? Hear me out. Why the hell would you give someone like Bray Wyatt a match based around a fucking sponsorship? Let that sink in. Bray Wyatt came back. And one of his main biggest return matches... Since he came back, was a sponsorship, it was an ad, it was just to make more money on the fucking show, right? Triple H comes out after the fucking show, you know, the press conference. You know, this insert company name here, this uh, soda company made everything you see here possible. Really? Like you guys haven't put on a fucking Royal Rumble before? Like you guys haven't put on a show before. What what did we see different than we have any other time? Because you've gotten those arenas before. You've you put on with all the lights and the and the fireworks and not the CGI fireworks that you were showing above the building, but you know, everything else. It's normal, man. It's all the same shit. What did that soda company implement the the, the stupid yellow confetti that was under the announce table well i'm really glad that that big soda company could afford confetti that every 
parent across the country can afford for their children's birthday party, right? I I, I love Hunter. I, I think he's fantastic. But this whole fucking advertisement in the match, this whole... They even had the big logo in the center of the fucking ring, man. I mean, come on. I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, you know what? Like, some of these kids out there, they thought it was really appealing to look at. And it was just fun. It's all good and lighthearted. It's fun. No, I'm not going to do that. Okay? Because I praise a lot of things that don't need to be praised. And I'm a nice guy for a lot of things that I don't have to be nice about. But I'm going to be real fucking honest. This was shit. This was just, I think if I was Bray Wyatt and I made the return to WWE the, the, the home of where I created myself and the place I had the most in, you know what I'm saying? Like my family's there. I'm there. I, I grew up in it, right? My dad was in it, right? This is what I call home, and I'm coming back home, and I'm getting slapped in the face. I don't get it. All right, the, I think the funniest, the funniest part of this whole fucking thing, it felt like it took ages for this match to get over, right? I went on the internet, I looked up the information to make sure I'm not forgetting anything for the podcast... This match was five fucking minutes. Holy shit. It felt like it took 20 minutes for the thing to be over. Five minutes? Are you kidding me? That's how weird. And I'm sure it's not counting the entrances, but come on, man. Like, LA Knight, I apologize. Bray Wyatt, I apologize. This is none of your fault. You did the best you could do given this stupid sponsored stipulation type of fucking match, man. What a joke. What a joke that is. I mean, Chris Jericho, he had a mimosa match, right? I don't know. I don't know brands from mimosas off the top of my fucking head, but it wasn't insert brand here. Mimosa match. That's dumb. Even the match, the match is dumb. The match Jericho had is dumb, but it's dumb enough to where it was funny and it worked. Um, not to everybody, but in my head, it, it was funny. It worked. It, it went along with the story. What the fuck does this soda have to do with Bray Wyatt? A mimosas, they had something to do with Jericho. The, the orange juice, it had something to do with the match. What the fuck does... <laughs> The his soda company have to do with Bray Wyatt or LA Knight. You tell me. You know, Jesus Christ. This explanation, I'm at 5 minutes and 27 seconds. Quicker than, I mean, sorry, it took longer for me to explain this than their actual fucking match. Don't, don't get me, don't get, don't, don't, don't get me started on, um, uh, Uncle Howdy. Uncle Howdy, how you doing? Doing the fucking dive off the top what is an like an elbow drop he basically just he did what like kids do in a pool he 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 jumped and flatbacks <laughs> onto this fucking thing um jesus christ man this and he missed la by like 5 feet i would have i would have fucking i would have left that out of the highlights and they le- they replayed it from an angle that you can clearly see, wasn't anything good. Jeff Hardy did the same thing, right? But he did the swanton, swanton, and then flatbacked, right? He missed the dude. We know that. It was from a way greater height too. But I mean, he missed the dude, of course, on purpose, because you have to, just like uh, Uncle Howdy here had to, right? But they didn't show it. WWE. They kind of showed it, and then they just kept showing it even more in the replays, and I was like, well, that's not fucking helping. This match was shit, and that's not helping. The visuals, some of it looked good. I loved, the, I loved seeing the flames and the black light. I loved that. That was cool. But that's not going to make me feel any better. The fact that Bray Wyatt had a sponsored advertisement as a match. 
get the fuck out of here. That was so stupid. All right. Anyway, uh, Bianca Belair and Alexa Bliss did okay. You know, they did what they had to do. Cool. Got that over with. All right, moving on. <laughs> no hate to them. The match was, I mean, it was there. It was, it felt like a filler and I'm, I'm sad about that because I, Alexa Bliss was great back when she did her goddess thing. And I mean, I mean, she's still good now. She's solid. Uh, the guys, you know, Neil would disagree, but I think she's, I think she's all right. Bianca Belair, one of my favorites. I think she might've been my top pick for woman of all, all, uh, all of 2022 last year for the marquee awards. I think if not, I mean, she was definitely up there. Um, but I think she was. And the fact that she was just in this throwaway match, you know, whatever, hopefully her builds mania will be better. Um, Okay, eight minute mark. Let's do this. We're <laughs> I went way over that match and I should have, but I I really needed to get it off my chest, I guess. So here's my thing: Roman Reigns defeats Owens, and the match was decent, but the breakup, or the or the cracks were starting to show. That part was huge, right? That's what most of this kind of came down to the match itself was all right it, it was what it was I can't remember 90% of the match I think Owens slipped off the rope the match was just there right neither of them had an amazing night when it came to the match so the breakup okay that's the part that we're gonna focus on <laughs> um man those cracks man they're they're showing it's it's it looks like their building's about to fall down. Okay, this this was fun. This was the whole reason I really wanted to take a big deeper dive into the rumble. Because there's a lot to it. All right, so if you guys didn't see the rumble, I will I will not do it justice <laughs> to explain what happened. But I'll do my best. And uh, here's here's what happened. Here's the thing. Sammy was in the corner of Roman, okay? And I think the only other person that was there was Solo and Paul Heyman. I don't think the Usos... The, the Usos were definitely not there. Solo might not have been there. It might have just been Sammy and Paul Heyman. Like I said, I'm not going to do it justice, okay? But Sammy was definitely there. Let's just focus on that. Sammy was there, and he was watching Owens, his best friend... The dude he grew up with on the indies. And Roman Reigns. His tribal chief. Right? Basically, Sami Zayn's god. Right? Roman is just like a celebrity. He's a god. He's he's this amazing talent. And Sami Zayn loves Roman Reigns. Okay? He doesn't know who to choose. He doesn't know who to fight for. Or fight with. So the story behind that. The fact that Roman's been a little bit. Hesitant on Sammy. And then began to. Love Sammy. And put him even before the Usos. Before Solo. Sammy looked like the number two guy. In the bloodline. After being treated like shit. For months and months and months. And I'm talking storyline based. I'm, I'm, I'm marking out technically here. Uh, this is all kayfabe. Sammy hated. Sammy loved. Sammy questioned. <laughs> Sammy left. Right. That's well. That's that's the story they're telling. And the way it happened, and I said it a little bit on our um, podcast about the rumble. Sammy, he was given the chair. After Roman handcuffed Owens to the the uh, the ring ropes and was beating him down and everybody was super kicking the fuck out of him and everybody was just beating on Owens and Sammy was watching, man. He was sad. He was confused. You could see he was like, he wanted to throw up. He couldn't believe he was seeing his best friend get hurt, right? And then, you know, Sammy's like, hey, Roman, this is beneath you. You should stop because he, he wants to tell... Roman not to do it without sounding like he's on Owen's side. So he's like, Roman, this is just beneath you. You, you just got to stop. You know, I'm trying to talk him out of it, right? And Roman was like, okay, fine, I'll stop. But then you do it, right? And it's like, oh my God, is this the final test? Is this the final test that we're talking about on, uh, on, on Raw here? After their uh, court thing? 
So Sammy grabs the chair and he's he's conflicted. And then he goes to hit Owens, but he pulls back. He he even looks like he was about to hit Roman for a second, but he pulls back and that crowd was going nuts, man. That crowd was on the edge of their seats. They were they were fucking they were going wild, right? And then Sami Zayn did the thing that Seth Rollins did to him back in the day when they were in the Shield, man. He slammed Roman Reigns on the back with a steel chair. And Roman fell down and he was he looked exactly the same way of the Shield and I love that. That was great. And um everyone went fucking nuts. Right? And Sami Zayn did what we all thought he was going to do eventually, but we weren't even sure, man, because he played us a little bit. He played us, and I'm not saying, you know, we don't know the story fully yet. We don't we don't know Sammy's side. We haven't heard them, you know, talk about it. Who knows if Sammy was hating on Roman the whole time, or maybe he just, he really did like Roman, but he, you know, felt betrayed by him because he saw his best friend get hurt like that. And I, I can't believe I'm buying into the story like this. I'm I'm literally trying to, you know, explain to you what was going on. But I feel like I feel like a little kid, like, oh my god, I can't believe Sammy did that. But it really is exciting, man. It was a great fucking story. I felt like I was watching a damn movie out there. And that's what you want to feel like, you know? And it was just it was as good as it could be, and it was fantastic, and I would watch it back again. And I don't watch a lot of things back when it comes to wrestling, but that I would watch back again. That was good. And that's going to be in the highlights for WWE for, 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 for centuries, right? It was a big moment. And Sammy did, you know, he did amazing at this. Sammy is a great actor, by the way. Sammy's great. Jay Uso. Even Jay's facials, just like Sammy's, fantastic. Jay, Jay really started shining in the in the pandemic era when he was trying to face Roman Reigns, man, before the, the, the whole bloodline began, you know? The way it started, really, was, you know, Jay and Roman going head-to-head. And I was like, holy shit, I didn't know Jay could do all this. And he was fantastic. And he, he became one of my favorite guys, you know? And poor Jimmy, man, he's he's taking back seat to, to Jay, but hey, Jimmy's still good too, man. But Jay could be a solo star. I'm not talking about solo Sokoa, haha, <laughs> yeah, thanks. Um, but yeah, anyway, so it was great, man. It was great, they turned, but then, but then, after they beat the living hell out of Sami Zayn for turning on the bloodline, kind of like the mafia, right? They were like the mob, man. They they beat Sammy's ass because he left, right? Jay Uso, the man who hated Sami Zayn for centuries, it felt like, okay? Jay Uso, who's been on Sami Zayn's ass for for a long time, who actually began to befriend him after their Survivor Series War Games match, right? <laughs> he he almost looked like he was going to cry. And he left. He walked out on the bloodline. Solo couldn't believe it. Roman couldn't believe it. Paul Heyman, he didn't know what the fuck was going on. He he was he was like, holy shit! What is everybody's? Uh, the, the bloodline is falling, you know. Jimmy Uso, his own brother. Are they twins? Brothers? Jimmy Uso, man, he couldn't believe it. Right? No, everybody was. The crowd went crazy. Because are we about to see Sami Zayn? And, well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Sami Uso and Jey Uso. (laughs) The new Usos as a tag team. Are we about to see them become this big tag team? Or where's the story going? You know? Are they going to take on the bloodline with Owens? Is it going to be... Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, and Jey Uso taking on Jimmy Uso, Solo Sokoa, and Roman Reigns. Hell, a three-on-three. It it matches up. That's not bad. I don't know if that's where they're going, but that's not bad. That would be a good match. That'd be a great story, too. I mean, this whole thing, man, it's... And here's the thing with The Rock. I don't know. I mean, he didn't show up. You know, when we saw the title card at the end on the bottom, we knew the show was over, and I was like, oh, shit, The Rock's not here. 
Because after all that, and The Rock shows up, it would take away from the story that they're telling. But, it, I mean, it would be kind of cool regardless. But, yeah, I mean, I just think... I think it might be a good thing that The Rock didn't show up. For the reason that the story was not surrounding him. And I'm sure they, they wrote it that way to make sure, you know, because supposedly The Rock said he wasn't going to a while ago and WWE knew that, like I said in the beginning of this pod. So they've been writing it to where The Rock doesn't really need to be in it, right? Um, I don't know where they're going with this. I, I said before, Elimination Chamber, they should split the titles. Roman should somehow be in two matches at the Chamber. Um, he gives one up to someone. Uh, I don't know. See, I don't know how this works because Cody Rhodes will most likely face Roman Reigns. That's what it seems like. But I don't know if they need to have uh, Cody and Roman. I really don't even care for that match, if I'm being completely honest. So, I mean, this is my, you know, booker hat, right? I'm putting it on. I'm putting it on. Fits nicely. It's a snapback. It's adjustable. Um, And I'm trying to figure out here. So, shit, man. So, Cody Rhodes, and I'm doing this live right now. I'm trying to figure this out. Cody Rhodes should be the universal champion. No, 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 no. Cody Rhodes should be the WWE champion, the thing that he's been going after, you know, for his dad and shit. The Universal title is new. Why would he go after that? The WWE title, the thing that has the most legacy, would make sense. So Cody Rhodes goes after the WWE championship at WrestleMania. But it won't be Roman. Roman should go into the WrestleMania as Universal Champion, which would also make sense because that is more his title than the WWE because the WWE one came later. The Universal one, he's had for, what, 900-something days? Or almost 900 days? So him being that champion would make more sense. So somehow at Elimination Chamber, I'm not going to get into it because it's going to take me forever, but they have to split the titles. At Elimination Chamber. I would personally have Roman Reigns face in two matches because that would be fucking crazy. And with, you know, Ro- Roman Reigns, his his team, his family is cracking. He's under a lot of pressure. And now he's under the pressure of two Elimination Chamber matches. You almost feel bad for the guy. So when he loses... You kind of almost feel bad for him, which would really sell the fact that him being upset about his family being, you know, basically half gone is a big deal. So it would sell that, you know, it would also sell the fact that, you know, we would kind of feel for Roman. I don't know. I guess this makes sense. Yeah. And then Roman would uh, lose the WWE belt to somebody in the chamber. Uh, but who would that be? Whoever Cody Rhodes would face, right? So you could say Seth Rollins comes to mind. Uh, but like we said, maybe he will face Logan Paul. So maybe not. So who would Cody Rhodes be the best opponent for at Mania? That's the question. I'm going to leave that answer unsaid. I'm going to leave that there. Uh, but Cody Rhodes would face whoever wins the chamber match for the WWE Championship. But Roman Reigns goes into WrestleMania as the Universal Champion, and maybe he faces Sami Zayn. I, I wouldn't mind that. Maybe he faces Sami Zayn. Maybe he faces Jey Uso. Maybe Solo turns. Maybe Jimmy turns. I don't know. But I really think that Roman Reigns should lose his title to somebody who would be very close to him, like family, kind of like what they were doing with The Rock. And if The Rock ain't coming back, then I think someone else in the bloodline should step up. I don't think it has to be somebody random. Cody Rhodes has nothing to do with the bloodline. Cody Rhodes, his story does not intertwine whatsoever with the bloodline. Why would he have to face and beat Roman Reigns? That makes no sense, right? So that's my thing. 
that's what I'm thinking. Like it or not, I don't know. I have no idea. I'm still thinking about it. I'm still trying to see if I even like the idea. But I think I would like that idea much more than any other way. So that's that's what I would do. That's what Dean Walker would do if he was the booker for, for WWE, okay? So anyway, dear Lord, this was a long uh, paper, uh, podcast. Way, way longer than my normal podcast for Wednesday Night Walker. Uh, nowadays, at least. So hope you guys are having... A fantastic day still, and hopefully you're having an even better day now that you listen to your favorite podcaster of all time, Dean Walker. So you're very welcome, And uh, but anyway, jokes aside, I will see you guys in the next episode, which will probably be either Friday or Sunday. I'm not really sure yet. Anyway, I'll see you guys in the next one. All right, bye.